The Ideal versus the Reality. Rock'em Sock'em Robots was a plastic boxing match game marketed to kids in the early 70s. From opposite corners of a 14 by 14 plastic tabletop boxing ring surrounded by plastic rope, no chance to rope-a-dope here, two seven-inch tall plastic robots with outsized fists in molded plastic gloves threw punches at one another when you pressed the buttons on their control lever on your side of the ring. You could adjust the angle and frequency of attack by moving the lever back and forth and pressing the buttons more rapidly with your thumbs. I think my sister Anne and I had one, or this may be a false memory implanted by years of television commercials on that little black and white set. I'm not sure. I seem to remember pressing the buttons and moving the lever. It must be a real memory, as I was never a big fan of those kinds of games. I did not like pinball or later Pac-Man. I'm not a fan of the Xbox though I really loved those electric air hockey games whose puck glided on jets of cool air pouring up through tiny holes in the surface of the imitation rink. The puck floated there as if magically suspended in time and space between my net and that of my opponent. The paddle meeting the puck swaks in my mind's ear as I type this now. These games of childhood come back to me as I contemplate today's writing prompt, the ideal versus the reality. In the southwest corner, weighing 135 pounds at the peak of her physical prowess, hailing from Boulder, Utah, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the ideal. The crowd goes wild as the ideal swings her flaxen hair, flexes her biceps, and shows off her strong, flat abs. Even the cigarette girls put aside their trays to clap their slender, gloved hands together in admiration. Confetti flies, champagne glasses clink, cigar smoke wafts. As applause rumbles through the arena, the announcer breaks the roar. In the northwest corner, weighing 143 pounds in a black wool sweater, black yoga pants, and reading glasses, hailing from the office downstairs in Hinesburg, Vermont, put your hands together for the reality. The announcer gives equal emphasis to each syllable, but before he reaches the last, the audience is already hissing, Boo! Get out of town, a man in the front row shouts around his cigar. The cigarette girls bring their gloved hands up to their pouting, painted mouths to direct their hoots of disapproval toward the reality. The bell dings. The bout begins. Yeah. No. The bout between the ideal and the reality is not so well attended anymore. There are no crowds, no cigars, no champagne. There is no announcer. It's just me and Doug, my parakeet. Though he sings and sometimes quacks loudly, he usually keeps his opinions about the contest to himself. The ideal and the reality no longer duke it out as fiercely as they once did. 
that contest is too much rooted in the past and the future where I hold my breath counting the months, weeks, days, hours, minutes until that glorious event from the past recurs. Instead, I glove up for the present, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. His hands can't hit what his eyes can't see. Now you see me, now you don't. George thinks he will, but I know he won't. I don't exactly float, and the bee that stung me a few weeks ago knocked me on my ass, but I keep moving. On the ball, right here, right now. I'd not glorify my approach by calling it the Buddhist middle way. It's more of a middle sway, maybe a middle sachet. Occasionally rope-a-doped by the extremes of self-denial and self-indulgent, I take my licks and try to learn from them. My reality today is birdsong. My avian companion is singing over my shoulder, which feels kind of ideal at the moment.